Okay, is it, this is your baby, so you're going to introduce it? Can do, yeah. So welcome everyone to the Workshop Banzer and Friends Christmas Quiz. We've got seven different rounds of questions for you. We're going to be hearing from some of our favourite YouTube makers as well, who have also got questions for you. We've got our Christmas attire on. I got this jumper in, I think, February? It was in the ASOS sale, and I saw it, and I thought, it's got all of my favourite colours on. It's got foxes on it. Can you see the foxes? I can... I First thing I saw. It's just like, I have to have it. A poor man's badger. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've got a reindeer, so we're both uh, woodland-themed. I think I bought it for a YouTube video for my Christmas gift guide. I've recycled it every year. We're in our Christmas jumpers. I hope you're all feeling festive and have had a great Christmas period so far. But things are just about to get much better for you. The questions are going to range in difficulty as well. We've got some pretty easy ones and we've got some really difficult ones as well. Some of the questions that our guests asked, I had no idea what the answers were. So it's going to be interesting to, um, to hear how many of these questions you got right it is just for fun as well so but do let us know in the comments how many you scored um we'll tell you how many questions are in each round before we start the round uh, obviously the answers are going to be at the end of each round as well so if you want to score your results for each round at the end that would be great and uh count them up at the end and let us know how you did so fingers on the buzzers everyone and pen and papers ready I guess we should introduce the round first. So the first round is acronyms, and there are eight questions. So if you want to put a one to eight on your notepad or whether you're doing it in your brain or not, do you want to take the first one, Matt? Question one to kick us off is what does MDF stand for? Moderate durability fiberboard, mass density flooring, or medium density fiberboard? I hope you can edit that into something that works, Keith. Moderate durability fibreboard is certainly a tongue twister. I don't <laughs> you said it better than I would have done, I think. All three of those sound plausible, but I do actually know the answer to this one. Okay, question number two. When buying timber, what does PSE mean? Is it A, planed second edge, B, planed square edge, or C, planed sorted edge? So question three, when buying timber, what does PAR mean? Prepared at retail, planed and rounded, or planed all round? And question four is from one of our guests. Ho, 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 Merry Christmas and all that. God. My first question is, on big power tools, so we're talking about like table saws and band saws and all that sort of thing, they normally have a very special type of on-off switch on them called an NVR switch. What does NVR stand for? And question five is also back to Andy. Stupid thing. Uh, right, my second question. We talked about an NVR switch before. What is special about an NVR switch? Why do power tools, big power tools, have an NVR switch? Question six is, what is CLS timber? Is it Canadian lumber standard? That's A. Chinese lumber standard? That's B. Or Cumbrian lumber standard? That's C. Over to another guest for question seven. Right, so most people in the construction and DIY space are familiar with this material, which is called OSB. The question is, what does OSB stand for? 
And the final question for this round is question eight. When buying softwood, typically used in construction, what does SPF stand for? So now we've got to do the answers for this round. Question one was what does MDF stand for? And it was answer C, medium density fiberboard. Question two was when buying timber, what does PSE mean? PSE means that the edges are not rounded in any way with each edge having been planed. So basically square corners on a piece of timber. You've got to say plain square edge, be plain square edge. Did I not say that? No. <laughs> <Shit>. <laughs> this is hard. The answer to question two, when buying timber, what does PSE mean? The answer was B, planed square edge. Can you give me just one second? I've just got to get the postman. Hmm. That was embarrassing, answering the door with a Santa hat on. <laughs> I didn't think of that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think of it at all until I opened the door and it was like, this it's too late. I've got a courier coming as well. I ordered myself some thermals from M&S. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, so question three, when buying timber, what does PAR mean? It means planed all round. So basically, the timber has four sides that have all been planed along the length. So question four was a guess question, so over to Andy. Right, the answer to my first question, what does NVR stand for? It stands for no volt release or no voltage release. The answer to my second question, why do big power tools have NVR switches on them? And the reason is, is so that if the power gets interrupted for any reason, like for example a power cut, or someone's tripped over the power cord or something like that, it's so that when power is restored to the machine, the machine doesn't instantly start running. With an NVR switch, as soon as the power is cut to the machine, the machine will not come back to life until you have pressed the go button on it again. Question six, what is CLS timber? The answer was A, Canadian lumber standard. Planed all round, typically used for stud partitioning and rounded on all four corners and usually kiln dried. Now back to Matt for an answer on his specialist subject, what does OSB stand for? The answer is, of course, OW! Splinter! Bastard. I'm joking. It's oriented strand board. Question eight was, when buying softwood, typically used in construction, what does SPF mean? It means spruce, pine or fir. This group of Western Canadian interior species includes Engelmann spruce, white spruce, hybrid white spruce, lodge, pole, pine and subalpine fir. The colouring of this group ranges from white to pale yellow, and these grades are lightweight, easily worked, take paint well, hold nails well, and exhibit small knots. Wow, I didn't know all that. I didn't either. <laughs> I knew the SPF part, I just didn't yeah. know all of the detail. I think you get a bonus point if you named every one of those species. <laughs> <laughs> Now to round two, joinery. In this round, we have 11 questions. And question one, what is a mortise? A, a hole or recess. B, a projecting piece of wood made for insertion into a hole or recess. C, a peg. Question two, what is the name of a joint similar to a mortise and tenon in that a tenon is cut on the end of one member and a mortise is cut into the other to accept it? but with the distinguishing feature being that the tenon and the mortise are cut to the full width of the tenon member. That's one of those questions where the answer is pretty easy, but 
the question makes it sound really complicated. Yeah, I don't think I'd have get, got that from the question. <laughs> I'd have had to really think hard about that one. So question three, now we're over to another guest, Peter Millard. Everybody, uh, thank you for having me on the quiz. This is as festive as it gets. A little bit of coloured light in the background. What's the modern equivalent of the Phoenician joint? Question four, what D is a floating tenon or loose tenon made by Festool? Question five, who is more likely to work predominantly in a workshop, a carpenter or a joiner? Question six is another guest question. I'm Aidan from the Aidan Project. This is Arthur. Say hello. No, maybe later. In woodworking, various tools and accessories are named based on their function, shape, or the creativity of the craftsmen who use them. One example being a dovetail. Staying true to this naming tradition, what tool, whimsically named after a clever creature, might a skilled woodworker choose to expand the split end of a bolt, cotter, dowel, tenon or other piece, fastening it securely in a hole or mortise and preventing withdrawal? What do you think, Arthur? No. <laughs> Question seven is from Tim and Joe. Tim and Joe here from The Restoration Couple with our two questions. So first question, we're going to go all timber framing with ours. So what tool or device is used to align two pieces of wood to create a join in timber framing? Question eight, what method of joinery is commonly used to accommodate a back panel for a cabinet? Bonus points for using the British <laughs> name. That's a good clue. <laughs> yeah, it's in a way, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure I'd get it. Because sometimes you slide them in, don't you? Back panels. Yeah. Especially in kitchen cabinets. Hello, Keith here. Just jumping in to clarify that we are not looking for the name of the type of joinery whereby you would slide in the back panel. Instead, we're looking for the method of joinery where you would push or place the back panel inside the cabinet. Uh, question nine. What is a half-blind dovetail? And now it's back to Aidan at the Aidan Project for question number ten. What is the traditional English term for a wooden peg used to secure the tenon in a mortise and tenon joint? Is this boring you, Arthur? <laughs> now for the final question of the round, question 11, it's back to Tim and Joe. Um, what method of timber framing would keep you warm on a cold day? Now for the answers. Question one, what is a mortise? It's a hole or a recess. A hole or recess cut into a part which is designed to receive a corresponding projection, i.e. a tenon. Question two was, what is the name of a joint similar to a mortise and tenon in that a tenon is cut on the end of one member and mortise is cut into the other to accept it, but with the distinguishing feature being that the tenon and the mortise are cut to the full width of the tenon member? And the answer is a bridle joint. So now back to Peter for the answer to what is the modern equivalent of a Phoenician joint. And that's question three. Well, the answer is quite specific. I will accept the loose tenon, uh, but more specifically, it's a pegged loose tenon. So like a, a mortise and tenon that's draw board, the loose tenon is pegged on each side. They used to build ships that way. 
question four was what D is a floating tenon or loose tenon made by Festool? And the answer is a domino. Question five is who is more likely to work predominantly in a workshop, a carpenter or a joiner? And the answer is joiners. Joiners are predominantly workshop based. Carpenters are usually responsible for fitting an installation on site. Now it's back over to Aidan for the answer to question number six. So the whimsically named tool to expand a split end of a cotterdale tenon, etc., is a fox wedge. A fox wedge. For question seven, we're back to Tim and Joe for the answer to what taller device is used to align two pieces of wood to create a joint in timber framing. And answer to my question is, of course, the podger. Great name. Great name. It's a great name. It's probably my favourite thing to say. Podger. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know what it is now. I wouldn't have known the name, yeah. I wouldn't have had a clue. I've it's, it's, the, it's the thin, tapered bit of metal. So when you've got two down pieces of wood, you put that through to two down holes type thing. We've got a podger and a badger now in this podcast. <laughs> podger and badger. Sorry, that was a terrible joke. The answer to question eight, what method of joinery is commonly used to accommodate a back panel for a cabinet is a rebate Shall we say half a point if you said rabbit? We have American listeners. We can't That's true. discriminate against American listeners. And the answer to question nine, what is a half-blind dovetail? It's a dovetail where the joinery is hidden from the front, i.e. a drawer front, where the dovetails are still visible from the side of the drawers, but not on the front. If you got something close to that, you got it right. Question 10 was another guest question, so over to Aidan. What is the traditional English term for a wooden peg used to secure a tenon in a mortise and tenon joint? The answer is a tree now, or it's also a trenow, or a trenel, or a trunnel. I've got one. There's one. And for the answers, the question 11 is back to Tim and Joe. What method of timber framing will keep you warm on a cold day? The answer to my question is a scarf joint. And I don't have a scarf to demonstrate. Enjoy the rest of the quiz and Merry Christmas. Oh, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. I was thinking, what method of timber framing would keep you warm on I was it? thinking all timber framing would keep me warm on a cold day, I think. Yeah. it's hard work. <laughs> it's, it's the um, Henry Ford joke, isn't it? Oh, uh, if you cut your own firewood, it will warm you twice. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Uh, it's, a, it's a quote I like. I like that. It's good. Hello, Matt here. It takes us quite a lot of time to prepare and produce each episode of this podcast, and we'd like to keep putting it out for free. If you enjoy the podcast and you'd like to help support and shape future episodes, you can find a link to our Patreon page in the show notes or just search online for Workshop Banter Patreon. Thank you, and now back to the podcast. Now it's on to the general knowledge round. There are 16 questions in this one. Question one, it's over to Ben at Hugh and Orr. Whose mantra is... But before we use any power tools, let's talk about sharp safety. Question two, when buying cant rails or aris rails, which are typically used for fencing, what does the term 2x mean? 2ex. Are these your questions? Yes. Ah. That 2x thing is something we mentioned in a previous podcast episode, I think, a long time ago. Mm. But I was talking about how it confused me and how 
when we were talking about how timber merchants aren't really geared up to serving customers that aren't in the trade and don't haven't learned all of this stuff. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Well, I wasn't paying attention, clearly. <laughs> Question three. What shape is the profile of an Aris rail? Now over to Vicky for question four. Hi, I'm Vicky, the carpenter's daughter. I hope you're having a great Christmas and I hope you're ready for some questions. What does the term wainy edge mean? Question five, what is wood veneer? Is it A, a thin slice of wood, B, a wood coating, or C, a laminate? Question six, it's back over to Andy. I am holding up a tape measure, possibly the finest tape measure ever made. At the end of a tape measure, you've got like a hooky bit, which is normally a little bit loose, and it's loose for a good reason. What is the hooky bit at the end of a tape measure called? Question seven, what does the term toenailing mean in woodworking? Is it A, the vertical part of a frame? Is it B, an edge profile? Is it C, driving a nail at an angle to join two pieces of wood? Or is it D, a shim? Question eight, what is the correct name for the craft of applying veneer to a surface to form decorative patterns? A, marquetry, B, French polishing, C, pyrography. And for question nine, it's back over to Peter Millard at 10 Minute Workshop. By what name is the United Society of Believers in Christ's second appearing better known? No, this is a woodworking question, honest. Question 10. What is a kerf? There's an ABC there as well. Oh, sorry. A, an indentation made with a hammer. B, a slit in a piece of wood made by cutting with a saw. C, the thickness of a blade designed for cutting. It looks like we've got two tens, question tens as well. <laughs> This is going to drive you crazy editing it. Yeah. It's all over the place. <laughs> I think if I edit it this afternoon, it'll be yeah. fine. If I edit yeah. it tomorrow or beyond. I no always chance. do that when I've messed up in a video and I've yeah. had to redo something. I go, right, I've got to edit this now when I remember. Question 11. What do Americans call a 4x2? Question 12. There are three reasons why a carpenter's pencil is shaped the way it is. What are they? Oh, there's no A, B, and C. Yeah. No. There are oh, three reasons, so people have just got to... Oh, they've just got to name them. Yeah, they've just got to name them. So that's oh. a, tri a tricky one, again. That is tricky, because I wonder if they're, like, officially that, or just... I th I'm pretty sure they are. Yeah, maybe it's a bit dubious, that question, actually. And you've got to say, how many points do they get? Do they get three points for getting them all, or one each? I think three points for getting them all. And there is also a bonus thing, which we'll also accept, so... So there are four answers, but we need three of them. Question 13, what are the vertical side pieces of a panelled door known as? Question 14, now this is for regular listeners, they should know this. What is the name of the TV show about making things from reclaimed material, materials starring Rico Daniels and aired on the Discovery Channel, Network and Quest? which both of us have cited as being a big influence. And now it's over to Leo at Hand Eye Craft for the final questions of the round 15 and 16. 
Hello Matt, hello Keith, and a Merry Christmas to you both gentlemen. I've been loving the podcast all year and keep up the great work. I've got two Christmas quiz questions for you. The first one is about my appearance on Handmade, Britain's Best Woodworker. And the question is this, what was my week one big build? Was it A, a coffee table, B, a bookcase, or C, a garden bench? My second quiz question is related to the use of epoxy resin. Controversial in a woodworking podcast, I know, but bear with me. Sometimes if you haven't used it for a while, it can go milky, cloudy, or solidify like that. So my question is, what is your best course of action if that happens? Is it A, to put it in a bucket of hot water? Is it B, to put it in the freezer? Or is it C, to put it in the bin? On to round three, sheet materials. I know we've got to do the answers to uh, oh. general knowledge first. <laughs> <laughs> Professional. <laughs> and for question one, it's over to Ben at Hugh and Or to answer the question whose mantra is before we use any power tools, let's talk about shop safety. Everybody's favourite, Norm Abram. Question two was when buying cant rails or aris rails, which are typically used for fencing, what does the term 2x mean? It means the rails are cut from a section of timber therefore creating two rails from one section of timber. Yeah, so a cant rail, for example, is the rail you see on a fence where it's kind of rectangular apart from one edge, which is beveled, mm-hmm. um, so that rain runs off it. I think that's the reason. So the sloped bevel is placed upwards on a fence so that rain kind of trickles off. And basically, I think they have a big piece of timber and they cut it diagonally right down the middle so that they get two pieces, and that's where the term 2x comes from and typically aris rails um oh i can't say what shape aris rails are because it's the next question so on to the next question uh the answer to question three what shape is the profile of an aris rail it's triangular um and so basically if you imagine the profile of a square piece of wood someone's cut it right down diagonally down the whole length you have two triangular pieces and again, that's the term 2x, that's what it means. Oh, now over to Vicky for the answer to question four, which is what does the term wainy edge mean? A wainy edge is a plank of wood that retains its natural appearance or live edge. This can be with or without the bark. And the answer to question five, what is wood veneer? The answer is A, a thin slice of wood. Typically, veneers are glued onto core panels to produce flat panels such as doors, tops and panels for cabinets, parquet floors, parts of furniture, and also sometimes to plywood as well. Back to Andy to answer question six. And the answer to my third question, what is the flappy bit on the end of a tape measure called? It is called the tang. 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 Anyway, Merry Christmas, folks. I hope you have a wonderful time. Tally bye. And question seven was, what does the term toenailing mean in woodworking? And the answer was C, driving a nail at an angle to join two pieces of wood. It's the definition of driving in a single nail at a roughly 30 degree angle to fasten two pieces of wood together, typically with their grains perpendicular. The term comes colloquially from fastening wood at the bottom or toe of the board, also sometimes known as skew nailing. Question eight, what is the correct name for the craft of applying veneer to a surface to form a decorative pattern? And the answer is A, marquetry. 
The technique may be applied to case furniture or even seat furniture and or to decorative small objects with smooth veneerable surfaces or to freestanding pictorial panels. I've actually got a piece of marquetry behind me right now. Have you ever done any? No, I'd quite like to have a go someday, but can you see that? Wow. Beautiful, isn't it? I found that in a charity shop um, for eight pounds. There you go, the price tag's still on the back. That's very impressive. Yeah, I, I really like that. Got to find somewhere to hang it. I can't, I think it was on um, the, the woodworking show. The Channel 4 one? Yeah, where, where they just uh, like tape one piece of wood over another and you cut through both bits at the same time. Like, oh, that's how you do it. That's actually way simpler than I ever imagined. Was that on one of the speed round things that they do? Yeah, like a skills challenge thing, I think. Over to Peter Millard for the answer to question nine, which was, by what name is the United Society of Believers in Christ's second appearing better known? And the answer is yes, the Shakers, a sect of the Quaker community in England. They emigrated to the United States to practice communal living and self-sufficiency, the good life, uh, where they became known as the Shaking Quakers due to their energetic style of worship. In time, this was shortened to the Shakers or the Shaker community, unlike, for example, the Holy Rollers, which were a different sect altogether. That's why it's a woodworking question. Yeah, I still don't really understand what Shaker furniture even looks like. Do you know what I mean? I've got a book on it because I really like the style because there's no flourishes. It's very practical. There would be no marquetry in, you know, Quaker, Shaker. Like a kitchen door, just... Is it, you probably got loads of pieces in the house that would be it. The, I think what I'm trying to say is I've Googled Shaker-style furniture before and I just see lots of pictures of generic-looking furniture that don't really have any notable characteristics. Do you know what I mean? Mm, yeah. So I struggle to say that's Shaker-style furniture. Yeah, it's one of those hard-to-define things, I think. Question 10. What is a kerf? And the answer is B. A slit in a piece of wood made by cutting with a saw. God, I'd, I'd, I'd be torn between B and C on that. Yeah, C, the thickness of a blade designed for cutting, is kind of almost like a trick answer. So it's actually the, the slit that's left by the saw blade rather than the thickness of the blade. I think I'd have said C. I think I would have been tricked. The answer to what do Americans call a 4x2, which is question 11... The answer is a two by four. For some reason, in the UK, we always say the big number first, and they always say the small number first. And whatever you say in a YouTube video, you're going to be sure that people are going to tell you you've said it the wrong way around. <laughs> and it makes no difference whatsoever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> there are three reasons why a carpenter's pencil is shaped the way it is. What are they? One, it is flat so it doesn't roll off a bench. Two, it's easier to grip while wearing gloves. Three, the dimensions are deliberate to allow scribing or spacing by half an inch or quarter of an inch. We also accept it allows wider and thicker leads, which are more robust but can still be shaped to form a fine point. Yeah, I'd have said point 0.4. The half inch and quarter inch is interesting. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I watched a video on YouTube about it. Um... I knew the flat so it doesn't roll off the bench. Yeah. I wouldn't have thought of the easier to grip while wearing gloves. 
And I think I knew about the dimensions being deliberate. They're basically half inch by quarter inch, so if you wanted to space something mm. out by that, it's quite clever. I've got several oval-shaped carpenter's pencils, so they don't fall into that. Oh, that's interesting. Mm. I won't be buying those again. <laughs> They're faulty, send them yeah. back. Yeah. <laughs> Um, question 13, what are the vertical side panels of a panelled door known as? The answer is Styles, S-T-I-L-E-S. Question 14 about the TV show starring Rico Daniels was The Salvager or Le Salvager? And now it's over to Leo. The answer to question 15, which was what was Leo's first project on handmade Britain's best woodworker? And the answer was C, a garden bench. And 16, how to reactivate resin. And the answer is A, to put it in a bucket of hot water because that will help it return to its original state. Now on to round four, sheet materials. And there's only four questions in this round. Question one, what are the layers called in the middle or core of plywood? A, veneers, B, plies, three, strands. No, did I say A, B, or three there? Yeah, you did, yeah. <laughs> A, veneers, B, plies, C, strands. And on to question two. How many layers are there in 18mm birch ply? Is it A, 9, B, 11, or C, 13? Now over to Vicky for question three. What is the most accurate description for chipboard? Is it A, Layers of wood laminated together. B, wood chips compressed in resin to form a board. Or C, compressed layers of wood strands. Question number four. What is equivalent to eight foot, a standard length of sheet material boards in millimetres? Is it A, 2,400, B, 2,440, C, 2,500, or D, 2,560? Now onto the answers for the sheet materials round. Question one, what are the layers called in the middle or core of plywood? The answer is B, plies. Each layer in the core of plywood is a ply. However, some types of plywood have decorative veneers applied to the surface of the board. The answer to question two, how many layers are there in 18mm birch ply? The answer is 13. Each ply is approximately 1.4mm thick. And now back to Vicky for the answer to question three, which is what is the most accurate description of chipboard? And the answer was B, wood chips compressed in resin to form a board. And the answer to question four, what is equivalent to eight foot, a standard length of sheet material boards in millimetres? The answer was B, 2,440 millimetres. Before you'd even read them out, I was like, it's 240, because that is what a length of timber is. <laughs> and then sheet goods are 244. Like, mm. oh, why? Why? Such a messed up system, isn't it? Yeah. Round number five is about woodworking jobs. There are nine questions in total. And for questions one and two, it's back to Peter Millard. What would you expect to get from a cooper? Um, follow one question. What's the difference between a barrel and a cask? And no, the answer is not 50 quid. Question three. If you built or repaired stringed instruments, what would you be called? Question four, if you turned chair parts out of green wood, what would you be called? Question five, if you enjoy decorating wood using burning marks, what would you be doing? And question six, 
if you enjoy decoration of wood by inlaying pieces of veneer, what would you be doing? And I think we've already kind of talked about that, haven't we? <laughs> Whoops. Question seven, if you built boats, what would you be called? And question eight, if you manufactured the bodies for passenger carrying vehicles, what would you be called? Question nine is going to be asked by Ben. How much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? Now on to the answers for the woodworking jobs round and it's over to Peter Millard for questions one and two. Question one being what would you expect to get from a cooper? Yes, the answer is a barrel or a cask. And question two, what's the difference between a barrel and a cask? Uh, the answer is size or volume. Uh, barrels are bigger either for transporting beer or for maturing spirits and fortified wines. Casks were smaller for transporting wines and spirits. And final question, what do you call a man with a plank on his head? Edward. All right, everybody, thank you so much for having me. Uh, very best wishes to everybody for the festive fortnight. Uh, we'll catch up with you again uh, sometime in the new year. All right, take care. Question three, if you built or repaired string instruments, what would you be called and you'd be a luthier? Question four, if you turned chair parts out of green wood, what would you be called? The answer is a bodger. Oh, we've got a bodger, a bodger and a badger now. <laughs> I can't believe you got to say bodger. <laughs> Question five. If you enjoyed decorating wood by leaving burning marks, what would you be doing? And it's pyography. Question six. If you enjoy decoration of wood by inlaying pieces of veneer, which we've already touched on in this quiz, what would you be doing? The answer is marquetry. Question seven. If you built boats, what would you be called? You would be a shipwright. There's no way I would have known the answer to that one. Yeah, I think it's it's the bodger one that I knew and yeah. that just got me like, oh, there must be loads of cool words like that. But it was really hard to find the information. Yeah. Like I could not find, like you look up woodworking jobs, it's like cabinet builder or carpenter. Like, no, what weird <laughs> ones. Question eight, if you manufactured the bodies for passenger carrying vehicles, what would you be called? The answer is a coach builder. And for question nine, it's back to Ben for the answer. To the perfectly reasonable question, how much wood would a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? <laughs> oh, you timed that one perfectly. You got, you got to be bodger, and I got that. Researchers at Cornell determined that a woodchuck could chuck about 700 pounds, 317 kilos in new money. Well, this wood species round, this is going to be a bit of an interesting one. Yeah, this is definitely a written down round. This round has 21 questions and 18 of them are in the wood species identification section. There'll be an additional three at the end. This round is more of a visual round, so it will help if you are on the YouTube version of this podcast episode. But for those listening to the audio podcast, we'll read them out. You could also add a cool sound effect, as in like a a quack or something like it could be like a quack that's a great idea <laughs> we'll do that <laughs> or i can just do the quacks i'm very happy to yeah. let's let's do it that way i'll say the letters you do the quacks <laughs> <laughs> in alphabetical order so we're starting at a there are some letters that we'll miss so question one a quack h so that's a three letter word question two B, quack, L, quack, A. Question three, C, 
Quack. D. Quack. R. <laughs> this is going to have to stay in the YouTube one. What now. are we doing? <laughs> Question four. What noise for the space? I think you just got to say space. <laughs> <laughs> we, should have done, we should have done a drinking game round, I think. <laughs> D. Quack. Quack. G. Quack. Quack. S. Space. F. Quack. R. Question five. E. Quack. M. Question six is G R. Quack. 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 H. Quack. 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 T. Question seven is H. Quack. Quack. K. Quack. Quack. Y. Question eight is I. Quack. D. Quack. G. Quack. O. Question nine is J. Quack. R. R. Quack. H. Question 10 is M. Quack. P. Quack. E. Question 11 is O. Quack. K. Question 12 is P. Quack, quack. E. Question 13 is R. Quack. B, B. Quack, 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 quack. D. Question 14 is S. Quack. P. Quack, quack. E. Question 15 is T. Quack, quack. K. Question 16 is U. Quack, quack. L, E. Question 17 is W. Quack, quack. N. Quack. T. And question 18 is Y. Quack. W. Might end up cutting out that entire round. <laughs> <laughs> or it could just be a whole bonus YouTube-only episode. <laughs> This was either genius or the most insane thing we've ever done. <laughs> right, now for some additional questions in the wood species round. And it's over to Ben for question 19. The terms hardwood and softwood, what are they actually referring to? Question 20, it's over to Aidan. Is balsa wood a hardwood or softwood? Balsa. Balsa. Question 21, it's over to Matt. Right, my question to you is, what is the wood that is traditionally used, probably still used to be fair, traditionally used for the bottom of drawers and the back of wardrobes, often to um, mitigate against moth attacks? It's got a very strong smell to it. And now on to the answers for this round. Number one was ash. Number B... <laughs> Question two was balsa. Question three was cedar. Question four was Douglas fir. Question five was elm. Question six was greenheart. Question seven was hickory. Question eight was idigbo. Question nine was jarrah. I'm not sure how to pronounce that one. J-A-R-R-A-H. Question 10 was maple. Question 11 was oak. Question 12 was pine. Question 13 was rubber wood. Question 14 was sapili. Question 15 was teak. Question 16 was util or utile. Not sure how you pronounce that one either. Question 17 was walnut. And question 18 was u, y-e-w. So now over to Ben for the answer to question 19. And that was the terms hardwood and softwood. What are they actually referring to? They're referring to the seeds, leaves and structure of the trees rather than the wood they produce. 
Question 20, it's back over to Aiden. To answer the question, is balsa a hardwood or a softwood? Whilst the wood itself is lightweight and considered soft, it is technically classified as a hardwood. The terms hardwood and softwood in botanical classification are based on the type of tree, not necessarily the hardness or softness of the wood. You still with me, Arthur? Okay, bye. And back to Matt for the answer to question 21. What type of wood is used to keep moths away from drawers and wardrobes? The answer is, of course, cedar. Oh, it's good stuff. Now onto our final round, round seven. A little easier than the last one, we're onto tall colours. There are going to be five questions in this round. We probably all know the predominant brand colours of tool companies like Makita, DeWalt, Milwaukee and Bosch, but what colour do Panasonic use for their tools? That's question one. Question two is what colour are AEG tools? Question three, what colour are Hilti tools? Four, what colour are Stanley tools? And five, what colour are Hikoki slash Metabo tools? Question one, what colour do Panasonic use on their tools? They are predominantly black. And I happen to think they look really good as well. They do. But Makita have done a few black ones now and they look great as well, haven't they? Makita have made all sorts, haven't they? Purple, mm. red, white, I think. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good input, Matt. What colour are AEG? I think they're Australian, aren't they? But they're a part of... Are they Milwaukee? Uh, AEG Milwaukee? I think they're part of TTI, aren't they? And who's that? Tektronic Industries, I think. Um, but they are rigid in the United States, I think. Oh, and that's Bosch, isn't it? Oh, man, it's so confusing. Oh, Who I don't knows? Know. But what colour are they? <laughs> oh, did I not say that? No. <laughs> <laughs> and they are orange. The answer to question three, Hilti, was red. The answer to four, what colour is Stanley? They are yellow. And the answer to question five, Hikoki slash Matabo is green. I think people then might say also green and black and yellow and black and things, but yeah. if you've got that colour in it, you've got the point. Yeah, yeah. So we believe there's a total of 76 points on offer throughout this entire quiz. Yes. And that's generally one per question, but there was the carpenter's pencil question where there are three, possibly four answers. But if you've made it to the end, you're the real winner. <laughs> Hopefully this was enjoyable, and maybe if people enjoyed it, we'll do another one next year. If it was awful, just tell us, and we won't do this again. That was so much harder than I expected it to be. Oh, I kind of thought it'd be hard. Did you? <laughs> yeah. You've done this before with pub quizzes and things, haven't you, I think? Oh, not read them out, but it's just... Well, we are four hours in, so I think you deserve a break. <laughs> I hope you've had as much fun doing this quiz as we've had recording it. So it's Happy Christmas from Keith. Happy Christmas. And a Happy Christmas from Matt. Quack.